The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Now, President Biden is expected to visit Israel, Jordan and others tomorrow as we continue to watch the fighting, the conflict between Mm. Israel and Hamas. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken, we know, has been there and held hours of talks with Israel ahead of the visit by President Biden. This is a trip that's meant to show U.S. support. It comes at an absolutely fraught time, just ahead potentially of what we expect to be some kind of ground operation by the Israelis in Gaza. Yes. And so we got a chance to speak to somebody who advises the Israeli government. And with that in mind, important to ask questions about what they're trying to achieve, the loss of life on both sides here, what happened on October the 7th, and then also what's happened in Gaza since then. Important to ask about that and indeed the possibility of getting humanitarian aid in. Yeah. So we spoke to Mark Regev, the senior advisor to the Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, just at the point that we had some reports out that the southern part of Gaza was also being hit by missiles, by fire from Israel. Of course, uh, Mark Regev, also the former Israeli ambassador to the UK, we began by that Associated Press report of Israeli's air force striking southern Gaza and what Mark Regev thinks about it. So, of course, we target Hamas. We want to destroy Hamas's military machine and dismantle its political structure in Gaza. That's our goal. And at the same time, in parallel, we, we want to do what can be done to safeguard the life of the innocent civilian population of the Gaza Strip. So it's quite possible we are targeting Hamas facilities in the south, but we're doing so in a way that we are making every effort possible not to see any collateral damage. In every war, unfortunately, in recent history, Uh, civilians have been caught up and there have been civilian casualties. We know that. But as a democratic Mm. country that abides by the rules of war, we are making a maximum effort to to target to target the Hamas terrorists and 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 safeguard civilians. And that's why we've asked people to vacate the north where we know there will be very complex and vicious fighting. We want them out of harm's way. We don't want them caught up in the crossfire between us and Hamas. Okay, and so you've called for them to move to the south. That's been controversial in in itself, and we've seen UN and other agencies. I don't think it's controversial. Well, as long as Hamas is active in the south, we will strike Hamas. It's it's, uh, what I should what I should say is many aid groups have suggested that it was going to be very challenging, and they've used more extreme words than that to to move people to the south. But having moved to the south, many people in Gaza might have thought that they would be safe. But you're suggesting that they are not safe from from becoming, as you describe, collateral damage in the south. So I'd stress, we've asked them to leave the north because that's where we know there is vicious, there, there is terrible fighting ahead of us. We're going to send in uh, uh, ground forces quite possibly and they will face house-to-house fighting. Hamas is built in there in the north, especially in Gaza City, where they have their military infrastructure 
under civilian neighborhoods, their tunnels, their bunkers, their, their command and control, their arms depots, their rocket launchers. That's all there, and we have to destroy that. And that's why we've asked civilians to vacate. In the South, if there are specific Hamas targets that need to be targeted, we will target them. Hamas cannot have immunity anywhere, not in Gaza, not outside Gaza. But we are not targeting civilians in the South, and it's much yeah. safer for them to be in the South than in the North. Can I guarantee to you that no civilian will be hurt in southern Gaza? I'd like to be able to, but unfortunately, the realities of modern war make that impossible. But I can guarantee that we will make a maximum effort to avoid that happening. At the same the, time, the, you the should issue, know, though, you the should know that foreign... Hamas, mm. Hamas has a deliberate policy of keeping people in harm's way. When we ask people to evacuate future so then why zones, not? Hamas so why not allow the Rafa, the Rafa crossing to open into Egypt? There, there seems to be all sides blaming each other for that border not being allowed to, to open. Is there going to be any change? Some, some view that there would be a period of time when the Rafa crossing would be open, and that's happened in several days in a row. Is that going to happen now? Well, it was supposed to happen yesterday. We worked with the relevant international partners to make it happen yesterday, and we expected yesterday already there was supposed to be an exit of, of, of foreign nationals. Unfortunately, Hamas prevented that from happening. They closed their side of the crossing. And this is another example of Hamas doesn't give a hoot about innocent civilian life, not Israeli life, and in this case, not Palestinian. Will it be attempted again today? Will you be attempting to open the Rafah crossing again today? We we are working with foreign governments to facilitate the exit of of, uh, uh, civilians through the Rafah crossing. And your questions, it should have happened yesterday. Hamas prevented it from happening. They are holding, look, they're holding some 200 Israelis hostage inside Gaza. They are using Gaza's Palestinian civilians as a human shield for their war machine. And now, as of yesterday, they started using the foreign nationals also as hostages, refusing to allow them to leave. That's the truth. Ambassador Ambassador Regev, according to your public comments, you've been present in meetings recently between Antony Blinken and um, Netanyahu, uh, the Israeli prime minister. What is Netanyahu and his war cabinet thinking now about pursuing Hamas? Does Israel need President Biden's approval, support? How would you characterize that? First of all, we're very thankful and appreciative of American support. And American support has been in uh, diplomacy, in their moral clarity, in, in the way they've described Hamas as an ISIS organization. In, in, on the Sunday night, uh, uh, President Biden even made a comparison with the Nazis. And, and he's correct because the, the attack by Hamas, the massacre of October 7th, uh, was the greatest single act of anti-Semitic violence since 1945 since the terrible years of the what, Holocaust. What and happens? so we're thankful, we're thankful for that verbal support, for that diplomatic support, but also they've given us material support. They are helping replenish our stockpiles of weaponry. And they've, of course, moved their two aircraft carrier groups to the Eastern Mediterranean. And I think that's a deterrence to other dangerous actors in the region, uh, not to think that this is a time to attack Israel. That I think I think they've been playing a very positive role. And when the president here is uh, arriving tomorrow uh, in Israel, we will welcome him as a friend, as an ally. And, and uh, we look forward to rolling out the red carpet.
When you talk about foreign nationals in the UK, the the Prime Minister Rishi Sunak talked about 10 missing UK nationals. Are you saying that foreign nationals are being held hostage in Gaza now also if they're not being allowed to cross uh, the Rafah crossing uh, into Egypt? Is that is that what you're saying? I'm saying that yesterday people were supposed to leave and Hamas prevented them from doing so. The, 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 their exit was coordinated with Israel, with the relevant foreign governments, and Hamas prevented that from happening. I can say that for a fact. Is that, how does one explain that? What words would you use? I would say that's using foreign nationals as hostages as well. What does a long and costly war mean to you? Israel's Defence Secretary, Yoav Gallant, um, saying and telling um, the US Secretary of State Blinken that Israeli forces are preparing for a long and costly war. How long? What does that mean? I think it's important to understand that this is not another round of Israel-Hamas fighting. You know, since Hamas took over the Gaza Strip 16 years ago, we've had numerous rounds of, of fighting where they shot rockets into Israel and we responded and so forth. That's no longer the case. This is war. What they did on October 7th, their massacre of our people, uh, 1,300 Israeli deaths and about 200 people held hostage in Gaza. This ISIS-type behavior, these atrocities, the status quo that was before October 7th is unsustainable. Israelis will not stand for it anymore. We are acting now to change the political realities in the Gaza Strip. And when this is over, there will be a different reality there. We didn't want this war. It was forced upon us. And, and, And though we didn't start it, we will finish it. And when we finish it, we will do so on our terms. So what is the mood then, if you have been in those meetings between Benjamin Netanyahu and Anthony Blinken, and you're expecting the US president now tomorrow, the, the German chance also today, what is the mood in those meetings now, 10 days after the Hamas attack? So there's, first of all, we're, we're receiving amazing solidarity from friends and allies in North America and in Europe. And Israel is appreciative of that support. And I think there's a determination in Israel to win this. We have no choice. Uh, We have to win and win decisively and we will win and we we might pay our price. As our defense minister said, this Mm. could take take time and and many young Israeli soldiers who are going into battle might not come home. I myself have a daughter who's who's a a reserve officer and she was called up and she's in the south. Uh, uh, And like hundreds and thousands of Israeli parents, I of course am concerned. But when speaking to my daughter, they are determined to fight to protect their country from these brutal killers. We all saw what they did in the massacre of October 7th. We know what they're capable of. This is a threat that no people on this planet yeah. should have to live with, and we are eliminating the threat. Can, can I ask you, you, you referenced October 7th, and of course, and the, the, the loss of life and the tactics used and the indiscriminate nature of the killing, clearly coming as, as a huge shock to Israel and around the world. But now we are in a situation where more Palestinians have died since then in Gaza. I wonder what that what that means in Israel. So, of course, we don't want to see uh, civilian casualties. And we're making an effort, as I said a moment ago, to to keep those as low as is. Are you making possible. enough effort, though? Because you say the West supports you and there's been plenty of, of, of calls for support, but also calls for restraint. So we will act within the rules of uh, uh, war, the recognized international rules of war. I'd remind you, if I can use a a historic example, 
uh, when uh, uh, Milosevic was committing war crimes against the people of of of, of Kosovo, uh, there was a bombing campaign by NATO against Belgrade. It was a just campaign. It was it was a a, a struggle to save lives. Innocent Serbs were killed. Now, that's a sad fact of war. We don't want to see it. We will act to minimize it. But if you say to me, and I'm not saying you're saying it, but maybe other people are, if you say to me that uh, uh, because there will be civilian casualties, Israel is not entitled to defend itself, to protect itself from this horrific terrorist group who, who ISIS-type behavior was on display for everyone to see, uh, that's, not, that's not serious. Israel has the right to defend ourselves, and we will do so within the framework um, of international law and the international rules of armed conflict. Yes, international law and, and the rules of international armed conflict. But you say that you will end this on your terms. What are your terms? What does victory look like? What does Gaza, what does Israel look like if you want to end this conflict on your own terms, as you say? So the, we will uh, destroy Hamas's military capabilities and we will dismantle its political structure inside the Gaza Strip. And what is left uh, of any are, cities and towns in Gaza at the end of that? Well, obviously, the Hamas targets will be destroyed. But we are not targeting Gaza's civilian population, I repeat. But if I can use a comparison, I mean, the American president and European leaders have made a comparison with ISIS, yes? When, when the West, when the coalition, the international coalition defeated ISIS, ISIS had a few cities. Uh, there was destruction there too. Uh, sometimes when you are uh, uh, fighting a brutal enemy, uh, that enemy uh, implants itself in a civilian population. We don't want to hurt civilians, mm -hmm. but in many ways that is inevitable. We will make a maximum effort to keep that number to a minimum. But once again, we can't allow Hamas to have immunity. We can't allow them to successfully use Gaza's civilian population as a, as a, a human shield for their terror machine. Anthony Blinken has said that Israel has agreed a plan with the US to enable humanitarian aid to reach civilians in Gaza. I wonder if you have any more details of how that can be done, what that means for water, for medical supplies and the rest. We're working very closely with the Americans uh, on that. We had uh, extensive meetings yesterday with, with the secretary. How soon can uh, we expect those supplies to be allowed in? Because we've seen the pictures of the trucks waiting. From our point of view, we want, that, uh, we want humanitarian uh, relief for the people of Gaza. But there are questions that need to be answered. Uh, Anthony Blinken said specifically that we have to be able to, uh, and I'm quoting by memory, but he talked about to make sure that these supplies reach the civilian population of Gaza. And why does that need to be said? Because Hamas are the only people on the ground inside the Gaza Strip with weapons. And they have the ability to hijack supplies. They have the ability to take it away from the civilian population. They have done so in the past. So you, does that mean you can't examples. send in any, so you won't send in? No, does, it doesn't Is it possible to that. send in aid then before you are on the ground, before Israel is on the ground? We believe it's possible, but we have to find safeguards in the mechanisms we use. We don't want fuel for Hamas rockets. We want fuel for generators in hospitals. And I think that's something that all the donors in the international community who want to send aid, they have to be assured that the aid is reaching the people of Gaza and not Hamas's terrorist machine. Um, can an escalation be pre prevented with Hezbollah in Lebanon? Netanyahu has warned not to test Israel in the north. That testing does seem to be taking place. 
Yes, uh, and it's a worrying situation. We have no interest in an escalation in the north. We have no interest in a two-front war. But uh, Hezbollah is Hamas's twin. They are both uh, terrorist groups. The Arab League calls Hezbollah a terrorist group. And they, uh, because they're in the Iranian orbit, they could well see this as a moment of opportunity to attack Israel. And uh, it's dangerous. But I will say the following. One, Hezbollah won't take us by surprise like Hamas did. We are on guard, we are looking, and we are ready. If they force a war upon us, we will respond forcibly and decisively. And mm. unfortunately, unfortunately for Lebanon, because Hezbollah obviously controls the ground, the Lebanese government is, is largely irrelevant. They have no power to restrain Hezbollah. But, but I have to be clear, such a conflict, we will hit Hezbollah hard, and Lebanon, unfortunately, in, in the process, will also face a, a okay. terrible price. Can I ask you about the wider geopolitics at play here? Before the, the dreadful events of October 7th, there were talks between Israel and the Saudis about coming to a new understanding, new relationships. Um, has all of that process come to an end? Is there is there room for any of those talks to continue? I think yes. Obviously, while the fighting's going on, that is a, a, a touch more difficult. But if we succeed, and I believe we will, in decisively defeating Hamas, that's a blow against the enemies of peace. That's a blow against the extremists. That's a blow against the Iranian coalition. Uh, that's a, a, a blow against terrorism. And that, I think, can create space for more moderate voices. Uh, we're speaking to Arab governments. They have no uh, love for Hamas. They have no affection for Hamas. They know exactly who Hamas is. And I think they would like to see a different reality in Gaza too. They are, of course, concerned, like many others, about Palestinian civilian life. We are doing much more. And it's actually, I think it's interesting because Israel is perceived as being the enemy of the Palestinians and Hamas is the defender, yes, of the Palestinians, but it's rubbish. We are doing more to safeguard Palestinian life in this conflict than Hamas is, uh, which is which is using the civilians as a human shield and, and which is actually preventing them from evacuating areas where we know there's going to be terrible combat. They, uh, you know, in Israel and in democratic countries, our armed services, our armed forces are used to protect the civilians. Uh, in Gaza, Hamas flips it. They use uh, the civilians to protect the military. Mark Regev, thank you so much for your time this morning on Bloomberg Radio. Senior advisor to the Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, also formerly Israeli ambassador to the United Kingdom. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions. July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.